Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of Bradley's House, the podcast. I'm your co-host, Jared Orr. She is referred to in many circles as being cooler than the other side of the pillow. Our host, <laughs> Ms. Kelly Noel. Kelly, how are you doing today? I'm good. I don't think anybody refers to me that way, but thank you, Jared. No, they do. Trust me. You don't know what they're saying. <laughs> no. They- well, thank you. How are you doing today? <sighs> Um, I'm happier than a puppy with two Peters. I'm, uh, I'm super excited about this special edition of Bradley's House, the podcast, um, something that we've been putting together for a little while here. And we have some big announcements and some fun things to talk about coming from the Noel Family Foundation. And we thought, hey, instead of just throwing out an announcement, let's do a special show. And a special episode of Bradley's House requires a special guest in Bradley's House. Kelly, who's hanging out with us in Bradley's house today? Well, Jarrett, my brother accomplished a lot in his short life. And over the past nearly 25 years, there have been so many things that I wish he was here to see. He's got awards, multi-platinum records, global recognition. But if I could have him back for one more day and share his single greatest accomplishment with him, it would be the person we have as our guest today. I'm trying to get through this without crying. I don't have the words to express how proud I am of this guy, his strength, his poise, his talent, and his heart. I could not respect him more. My nephew, Brad's son, Jacob Knoll. Jake, thanks for being with us on this special episode. Welcome, Jake. Thanks, God. Thank you, Aunt Kelly. That was beautiful. I, I really appreciate that. Uh, it's, uh, I thanks for us to be here. I know. <laughs> I'm the same way when it, when it comes to stuff like that. It's uh, really touching, so... Happy to be here. Right on. Well, you know, some of the things that we wanted to do were obviously talk about your music and um, and hear a lot about what that creative process is like for you. But I think Jarrett wanted to start with some questions that he knows a lot of Sublime fans would like to ask. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm uh, open to anything. <laughs> yeah, man. It's uh, it's great to have you on and uh, a huge fan of, of your work in law. And uh, it really is awesome that you came on and, and shared this special episode for us. Um, you know, there's so much in these different groups. I know you, you see them occasionally on social media, these huge sublime groups. And there's so many questions that constantly come up. So I kind of dug through them doing some research into this show. And I grabbed a few that I thought some of the fans might want to hear a little bit about. And uh, I think one of them would be obviously being the son of Bradley Noel and Sublime being his legacy music wise. How was the music introduced to you? I mean, was it just always being played? Was it something that you kind of dove into and found on your own? What was that like? Yeah, I think uh, definitely the former is always, always being played, always uh, around, uh, Lots of talks with uh, my family and uh, my mom, and uh, just always there, ever present in the background. My mother always took me to concerts, and shows. When I was very young, so I, I have a lot of memories of uh, being there and having other people, you know, giving their stories to me and and, and explaining uh, their perspective. But uh, I think as time went on, too, um, 
much later on when I was a teenager, I began to kind of interface with the music in, in my own ways, uh, separate from the fact of my relation. Uh, I, I kind of I got to appreciate certain songs and certain uh, parts of their discography in, uh, and in ways that spoke to me. And uh, I think every now and again, I, I do put on a sublime track or two. Because it's just great music, you know. They had, a, they really had something special. I think that's undeniable to anybody who listens to it. Um, the only caveat is, uh, like Kelly, I'm, I'm prone to crying sometimes, so <laughs> when something gets emotional, and it's nothing like a, a beautifully crafted song, especially by a relative, uh, mm. to get me there. So um, I definitely got to be in the right mood. <laughs> no, that that totally makes sense. When do you remember a point when you realized, like? wow, my dad has fans all over the world and he's like a celebrity. Did that, did that ever click in as a child? Or do you remember a moment where it was like, Hey, they're selling posters of my dad at the mall. Yeah, it was, it, it did sink in at different times and in different ways. Cause, um, like I said, it was always talked about who he was and, um, and the significance of sublime. And then I think the way that it really showed up to me, was in the the eyes of my peers around the school. So uh, let's say, you know, my, my mother or my grandparents were making friends with some of the other parents and stuff. And then things would trickle down to their kids. Uh, the kids would treat me differently, you know, uh, sometimes positively, sometimes neutral, you know, because they just think it's cool. But uh, sometimes it would come off in a negative way, like you wouldn't expect, like uh, kids wanting to overly be my friend and then uh, realizing that I, I wasn't, what they thought I was, I guess. And then, uh, the, the fallout after that, uh, there's a lot of weird kind of embarrassing social moments that I think, uh, only someone in that unique position would go through. It's very, very odd, very odd experience. <laughs> Not entirely bad, just, you know, uncanny. Yeah, I can imagine. It's a, a weird type of celebrity kind of thrown on you that you didn't ask for or even kind of probably understand at that point. Yeah, no, a hundred percent, man. And, uh, but at the same time, it is something that's really cool that I've come to appreciate, especially more as an adult. As a kid, it, it was kind of this weird, embarrassing thing where I'm four years old and my, you know, grandparents are chatting up a waitress and having me sign a t-shirt. You know, it was kind of an odd thing to be a part of. Uh, but as an adult, I mean, I think about just how many people that his music has helped, you know, and, and there's been a million different reasons why I've wanted to get into the same industry. Um, it should make sense for on multiple levels and I kind of do it for my own, uh, you know, personal interest, but getting to see firsthand since I was young about how the power the music has to, to reach out to those, help them with their day to day lives, either as the soundtrack to everything they do or, you know, the, the salve that gets them through the really, really tough times. I, uh, I think, you know, what better to spend my time doing than that. <laughs> I think a lot of people would be surprised to know that, um, that you being Brad's son actually created a lot of difficulties in starting your own music career as well. Because, you know, I think a lot of people wanted you to sound like your dad, to play the same music as your dad, to follow in his footsteps, maybe carry on the band, that kind of thing. But you've always had your very own style and um, a very, very distinctive style. And you always kind of had a sense of what you wanted to play. And you've been doing that for quite some time now. Was that difficult for you to break away from? Oh, I'd say absolutely. Yeah, it, it's been this kind of blessing and a curse thing because, um, uh, where do I begin? <laughs> you know, so I, I think from the perspective of someone who just meets me and hears about the situation, 
they think, um, oh, how cool. You must have this really unique leg up. Yes and no. Um, I think there are some people in the reggae rock scene who would be more willing to, to give me a shot. Um, so that's the yes, but the no is that I, I personally uh, don't enjoy playing that kind of music. Uh, parts of it that I do like. And I think originally I thought my band had to play that kind of music in order to, to succeed. And so there in itself uh, creates its own unique tension. Um, because on one hand, it's like, well, why don't you play the music, you know, get your shot, play the music and, and do the one thing. You could try that. Uh, but then on the other hand, if you don't do that, people think that you're like this trying, like, I'm, I'm a rebellious artist. I'm not going to play what people expect. <laughs> I'm not that <laughs> right. either. I just have my own unique, or uh, my own personal taste like anybody. And, uh, that kind of developed over time. And, uh, there's been times when we've, we've, uh, gotten shows with other bands around our level who they probably only gave us the time of day because of uh, that relationship. But then I've had those same bands turn around and, and end up resenting us because they think that we have it easy and that we have right. uh, all, all of the all the leg up. But uh, at the end of the day, that's just not the case. Um, you know, who knows what it takes, quote unquote, to, to quote unquote make it in the industry. But um, uh, definitely, my unique leg up has not necessarily uh, just rocketed us into immediate success. <laughs> right, <laughs> not at all. definitely. And most bands sort of forge their their sound and hone their skills by, you know, playing to empty rooms where they can make mistakes and do stupid things and nobody's paying attention. And, and you've always had an audience. You've always had people watching. Has that been something that's been difficult for you as well? Because you don't have the, you don't have the luxury of making mistakes without anyone paying attention. That's a very great way of putting it. Absolutely. You know, what was so weird to me and, uh, is that to tell you the truth, when I was younger, I didn't grow up as this huge music fan, right? You know, like I didn't have my favorite band. I didn't have that experience until much later on, like my high school years. And uh, even then I couldn't tell you who was on guitar. I couldn't tell you when the album was made. I couldn't tell you what studio they made it at or, you know, who recorded what or why they wrote what and what their splits were. Like once I got into the music industry and I saw how, band members operate and real musicians operate it's totally alien to me man like i just wanted to uh be an entertainer uh that's really where i feel the most comfortable uh doing live entertainment in any any form that that there is but um any form that i can but uh yeah initially it's really difficult yeah you've, because, you've uh, always oh sorry go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I was just well, going to say, you ever since you were little, I mean, you you didn't mind being um, the center of attention, but that's very right. different when you're trying to, you know, build a career and create a sound and all that kind of stuff, not being able to do that without everyone watching. Right, because the audience is a double-edged sword in this regard. When you build up a fan base organically, which I, I think we have some of that now, uh, of real fans who just like us for, for our unique style, that um, they're going to like you for you when you build that organic fan base. But to me, I'm, I, I have a built-in fan base that has an expectation that comes along with it. So right. um, in a sense, it might be worse because if you fail that expectation, there's that thought of, oh, God, well, what if no one else ever listens to us again? What if that's kind of it? Um, yeah. Is it just this weird hackneyed premise? <laughs> but I, and, and it was even more strange because most bands, like you said, they start playing at DPOs. I mean, I guess our first show was DPOs, but you know, but Miguel was, was throwing us into like, uh, what do you call it? Like the house of blues and stuff. I think he had a homie that was setting up shows or something. 
But then there was like the slightly stupid opening tour, all, all this stuff that just appeared out of nowhere. And I, I wasn't even really good at singing quite yet. There's all these embarrassing old videos of me from four years ago where I just sounded awful. Because <laughs> I, 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 I hadn't become a, I hadn't blossomed into an actual musician quite yet. I think time. sounding awful is being a bit too harsh on yourself, but I do think oh, you thanks. have found your own sound now, you know, which to me is very different. I think it's different when, you, when an artist is singing a sound that, that they're not necessarily feeling 100% versus singing what they're feeling. And I, I feel like now you're really singing what you feel. That's right. That's absolutely right. You know, I, I, I think, um, nowadays, because a big trick to making this band work, my project that I'm part of right now, law, I mean, it's been, everything I've been doing since 2013, uh, it's been getting that interpersonal uh, equation right. Getting all the members, the correct members who get along in the right ways, who are able to write music and coexist in a way that's not only productive, but also fun. And we're finally there. We're working on this project called Lawful Evil right now, finishing up the mixing for it, about to send it off to mastering. And uh, it's some of the best stuff we've ever made and the best stuff I think I've ever written. And, um, and the whole process was just, was fun <laughs> which is kind of new for me that's uh, music wonderful. Has been a, right thank you M- music up until this point has been a stressful chore <laughs> mm. that's nice that that's changing where did you guys yeah, come up with the name law um there's a lot of different um reasons uh the uh, other original founding members started the project with me dakota etheridge uh, go check him out online if you like he makes really good uh, music right now the good beat producer and rapper um, he, he came up here, he came up with that name that he used for him and his friends. They were part of like a, it was supposed to be like a funny fake gang sort of idea. Like, oh, who do you rep, bro? Oh, we're part of law. You don't know about law? You don't need to know. <laughs> it's kind of a, it's like an inside joke, I guess. It was really funny at the time. Um, but, uh, I suggested the idea that we use it for a band name because that seemed kind of cool. And there, there was a street near where both of us grew up called uh, that was law street and then um my uh grandmother on my mother's side her maiden last name is, is law so there's all these weird little coincidences and it just was one of those things click was meant to be yeah for sure well i would tell you go ahead i'll <laughs> tell you from from a fan's point i gotta tell you that when it started kind of making the rounds on the internet and it was like hey you know brad's kids got a band and they got a couple songs out I was almost like, oh no, I, I want to listen to this, but what if it's just not good? Like, how does that, you know, and I I was nervous about it and, uh, I was blown away by mild autism and how raw it was and how young you guys were and how awesome it came together. So, um, you know, I was almost nervous. I was like, maybe I'm not going to listen because I don't want to not like it. And, uh, and I loved it, man. I thought it was awesome. And, uh, and your sound is just incredible. Oh, thanks, man. That, that means a lot to me. I really do appreciate that. I think, uh, right now I'm in a uniquely good place to having this discussion. It just hit me because, uh, last night I was showing my fiance, Ashton, uh, one of my favorite, uh, newer bands right now, the, um, Lennon Claypool Delirium. It's, uh, Sean Lennon and, uh, Les Claypool. Yeah. It's an and awesome it's, band. Yeah. Such a cool project, right? But, and a lot of the stuff that he does, you know, it has a kind of Beatles-esque feel to it. And um, whether intentional or unintentional, who knows? I mean, it's psychedelic in a lot of ways. And he, his voice obviously naturally occupies that space. And so sometimes I'm able to, and 
I'm a big fan of the Beatles as well. So in a weird way, sometimes I'm able to, to kind of occupy the space of a fan and think about it from that objective uh, point of view. And because um, I, I, I totally would understand how if you're a fan of something you really like and you hear, that, you know, that their next in line is also making music, there's an immediate curiosity and um, and an expectation there that I really can't blame anyone because it's it's built in. How do you characterize your music to someone who's never heard it? Like, how would you describe it? The sound of the future. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. I was, thinking, I was thinking of a tagline for it last night. Uh, the next logical progression of rock music. Mm. <laughs> but I, I, I love it. <laughs> it's very full of my, you know, silly, I'm being tongue-in-cheek. But, you know, that'd be a lot cooler if a critic. We're going to, we're going to say that about us. So I hope that no one hears that I came up with first. <laughs> you just got to plant those seeds. Then they'll think it's their idea. Yeah. You know, I, that's the problem is like, I think it would look cooler like on the back of a book. So I don't know. <laughs> Usually you don't put like the, the quotes on the back of the, your, your CD. It's not like, <laughs> it brought me to tears, you know, Rolling Stone. <laughs> what is your yeah, writing process like? Well, I'll tell you what it's like uh, nowadays. Um, oftentimes, I just get a melody stuck in my head when I'm doing uh, any other process, and uh, and the words socket themselves into that melody, and then I, I get overcome with you know everything else has to be shut out, and I isolate myself to a place where I can uh, carve as much out of the marble that I can, and then I bring that to my guitarist, and. Um, however much finished I have and he helps a lot with the structuring process he adds his own personal flair to it and it's time to bring it to our drummer and uh, at that point he probably has some percussion ideas and he writes his own stuff and then uh, we have a song uh, but it really happens in that organic way uh, usually either me or Aiden he's like my sole like, partner in songwriting especially right now uh, we bring whatever songs we have cooking up at home to the other person and we just uh, start tinkering with it Nice. Now, I know the band has gone through a lot of um, growth over the last, what's it been, seven or eight years, right, since you started? Yeah, yeah. The band was technically formed in March of 2013. That oh, was the wow. First time I look at the founding moment of, of Law. I met up with Nick uh, here in Signal Hill, Long Beach, Signal Hill area, um, in this place called The Compound. I'm sure Miguel talked about it and stuff. Uh, owned by this guy named Antoine. It's a really cool spot. And that was like yeah. the founding historical <laughs> location of uh, my band. And me and Nick met up and we jammed and uh, it was pretty fun. That so was, tell uh, us about who, team. tell us about who's in the band right now. Just me, Aiden and Nick. Nice. Uh, Aiden Palacios is a guitarist from Torrance, California. Um, he's a uh, fearsome to behold. Uh, Hair like the setting sun. <laughs> Fingers with blistering speed. Um, he does hand push-ups every day uh, just to work out those fingers. And uh, and you have as opposed on. as opposed to what kind of push-ups, Jake? Well, normal push-ups, you're using <laughs> your your palm, right? You know, you're pushing up with your palm. But I've seen Aiden the way he does it is he plays out. You can't see my hand, but I'm doing it. And right, I see it in my head. Right, he plays out all five of his fingers like a gecko, and then he uses just the strength of those fingers. <laughs> kind of hear it on my table here, and he pushes up his his body weight with that. He's a beast. 
He's he really amazing. is um, and dedicated too. And, um, and, uh, on a more serious note, just one of the best songwriters I've ever worked with. You know, mm. uh, we, I think it's really rare. You, you find that chemistry. We just click with someone and you're able to uh, bounce ideas off each other in a way that feels natural. And, um, uh, and uh, other band member is Nick Aguilar, and uh, he is just a, a drummer virtuoso from San Pedro, California. Damn. And um, and uh, that that kind of goes back into my example of like, I mean, both of these guys are just huge fans of music. Uh, Nick, on a level of like, he, he's really into vinyl, and can and he knows a lot of you know music lore and history and, and trivia, and um, his knowledge is extensive. He's played in so many bands, and uh, he's toured with Mike Watt. Um, from uh, Minutemen and the Stooges and just, you know, Nick's the real deal. And, uh, he's an he amazing drummer. Oh, dude, he's just so good. He's he's uh, the type of intuitive drummer that is really rare to find, where he, he really has a unique sense of what to do next when you just jam with him. We interviewed Marshall Goodman for the last episode, and um, we talked a lot about the similar types of things, you know, his interest in all different types of music, which clearly all three of you guys have, and, you know, his ability to sort of, um, like you said, sense what needs to happen or what's coming. And, and I see a lot of those same things in you guys that, you know, that, that ability to sort of um, inform your music with different sounds that keep it really fresh. Yeah, it's, it's so hard to find that in people, you know, because I think musicians and artists, creative types in general, uh, we can be hard people to get along with. And I think being creative in a collaborative way is, is a lot like getting vulnerable. Uh, you have to get very vulnerable with people. And um, to finally get to a point of, of true comfort with people after years and years of trial and error and just trying to, to learn each other's motions, uh, once you finally get to that point, uh, it's such a freeing feeling. And I, I'm happy we're finally there. But um, to kind of round it back to the original topic we were on here is that it, it, there's been a kind of frustration. You know, I, I'm not a particularly precocious guy. Like I wasn't this uh, young prodigy who was just ready to to do it that young. I think I had a lot of opportunities thrust at me and I squandered a lot. Uh, I know we talk about recovery here on this, this podcast and you know, I was wasted for most of my life. And uh, I just wasn't quite ready to, to handle it. And now that we finally are here, we're finally cooking on all cylinders. Boom, pandemic hits. And then, <laughs> oh. you know, like, and it's affecting everyone equally in bad ways. But um, we all well, we can do is keep pushing forward. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up. So you're, you just celebrated your fourth birthday of sobriety. That's, that's correct. Yeah. Four years. Uh, it was January 25th. 2017. Yeah. Congratulations. Amazing. Congrats. Thanks guys. Thank you. Very cool. So tell me about the differences between being a sober musician and being a not sober musician. Capability. (laughs) Um, It's not, it's true what they say that cliche. Like I I really thought I sounded pretty good when I was drunk and I was up there. I, I thought I was killing it some nights, man. And then you listen back to some on someone's phone, and you're like, "That's me. Mm. I look terrible. I sound terrible. It's embarrassing." <laughs> um, I think my sobriety's given me a life today that where I'm just able, in some small way, to know that I'm not the greatest thing in the world. Mm. You know, yeah. and I, I think that that has been the most invaluable thing is that when I'm lost or uh, 
up inside myself. I think that there's people around me now, a part of my life and the program that I work, who are able to get me out of that and help me to, to teach me these tools to, to just, you know, take control of my own life. Yeah. That's a tough and, thing to learn yeah, exactly. at any age, but I, I right. really give you a ton of credit for learning it Thank at such a young age. You've done a phenomenal job. For those who don't know, you're 25. You got sober right. at 21 and, um, you really dealt with a lot of stuff at a very young age that most people two or three times your age never will. And I have a tremendous amount of respect for you for that. It's really awesome. And I think that speaks to your character. It really does. It speaks to your character that, that you're willing to do that and you're willing to maintain that commitment and, and give back and be a great example and be open and transparent about it. You know, a big thing that we talk about on this show is helping to reduce the stigma of substance abuse, because if people can talk about it and understand that it's a very normal, natural thing and that it's not something to be ashamed of, the more we talk about it, the more comfortable people get with it and the easier it becomes for people to get the help they need. So I think that you're a great example of that, doing that, you know, from, from where your position and giving back to people. So I'm, I'm very proud of you for that. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And I, and I agree that the, the stigma does need to be, uh, reduced and removed because it's it's so hard to have a dialogue um so many people out there just frown upon uh alcoholics drug addicts whatever you call them um to the point where it it becomes impossible to to even want to get help for fear of ostracizing yourself i think um even though i'm sober now i'm not i don't demonize drugs or alcohol i just know they don't work for me right yeah yeah those options should be uh, clear and in plain view for people to see who need the help, who, who come to that realization that they think it might not be, they might be stuck right. in that cycle. Right. Well said. So while you were in recovery, that was actually when this whole um, plan for the No Family Foundation first started. And um, so that I think that's a really momentous thing, too, that that will always sort of mark that time that out of that came not only all of the amazing things that you've been able to accomplish with your life in the last four years, but also this entire organization that we've started as a family that will, you know, continue on beyond us and help people. So that's really cool too. No, you are totally right. That is such a trip. I didn't even, um, I didn't realize that, but I totally remember you guys coming to visit me when I was still in my, uh, my inpatient PHP treatment center. Yeah. And you had mentioned to me the idea that you, of of the foundation and it was like in its kind of pre-production phase and that's so cool. That is really cool. Yeah. Um in fact uh, Todd and I were having lunch downstairs at that Japanese place. Remember that Japanese food place yeah. downstairs? It's still there, that sushi place right underneath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where he first suggested it to me, but um so we did that um, that compilation album with Law Records, the house that Bradley built, and you and Papa did Rivers of Babylon. What was that like? You know, that is one of the musical projects. Uh, this I think we we recorded last year, the year before, I think, right? And, um, yeah, it was last year, about a year ago. Yeah, that was one of the ones I was so uh, proud that I that I did that I was a part of because um, at first I wanted to do one uh, I own solo song in it as well too. But I, I thought it'd be so much cooler if I just, it, the only one on the album was just me and my grandpa and uh, my guitarist Aiden and my, you know, my uh, partner in crime there. It just uh, becomes one of those cool things that uh, I, can, I get to look back on. 
I'll have forever as a cool little moment. Yeah, it's definitely the track that I get the most comments about from people, you know, that it's emotional and, and they feel it. It's just a very special thing to, you know, to always have with him. And we got put on as the album finale. I thought that was epic. That's right. It <laughs> was the perfect way to but, end it. Yeah. Well, your, your, gra- your grandpa said you came hard in the paint and you were trying to overshadow him in the song and you were just singing right over the top of him. But the, the engineers told him that they, they'd be able to tone you down a little bit. So <laughs> yeah. I'm just telling you what, I'm just telling you what he told us, man. He so, always oh, thinks no. the vocals are too, are not, yeah, that there's too much noise. <laughs> it, it's true. He he told me that that very the same day, <laughs> right after my take. <laughs> and uh, and he was right. You know, I I said to myself, if uh, we're gonna do this, I'm gonna go full 100 all socks, no <laughs> no dry do it. no dry salad. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta do it. Yeah, yeah, I don't think there will ever be a show when pops doesn't think something is too loud. <laughs> it's just the true. way it is. <laughs> you gotta accept it. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the compilation album was awesome. Jake, what's it like for you? I mean, Kelly's talked about it. Your grandfather's talked about it. What's it like for you when you see an album this big with this many names, people that are just coming out of the woodwork to pay tribute to your family? It's it's not a cover album. It's it's really a tribute album. And the tribute is to, to your family and to the foundation and to help getting Bradley's house open. What's it like for you to see that, man? I think it's uh, really special. And I think what speaks to a lot is, is how many... Uh, you know, musicians that my father's music ha- has influenced. How many people down the line uh, really go out of their way to, to say something and want to be a part of it because uh, it's that important and special to them. Uh, and it's formative, you know? Exactly. Well said. Well, thank you so much for being here with us. Jared, are there any other questions that you wanted to sneak in there? No, I think uh, I think this was a good chat. I know that Jake is super busy. He's got a ton of stuff going on. Um, I think why we have Jake with us before we let him go, we should talk a little bit about some of the cool stuff that the Noel Family Foundation has coming up in the next few days. Absolutely. We've got the, the live stream coming up this Saturday, which is going to be an awesome event with about 20 different artists. That'll be super fun. And then course, Jake's dad's birthday is coming up this Monday and we'll be doing the day of giving, having a big push for donations and stuff. So yeah, there's going to be some awesome merch bundles. Um, I know there's going to be some special uh, uh, packages for that. And, uh, and of course this live stream, you guys can get all of the information. You can follow the Knoll family foundation on all forms of social media. Uh, and of course the Bradley's house group, there's going to be some information in there. And that's the whole reason why we were able to do this special edition of Bradley's house and uh, have Jake come and hang out. Now, Jake, for anyone who's listening, if they want to check out law, where, where can they find you guys at? Oh, thanks man. Yeah. Let me give my shameless plug here. You're just going to go ahead on Instagram and type L A W L B C. Uh, go on any social media service. There's a choice type in L A W L B C and you will be able to find a great repertoire of all of the things we've been working on recently and perpetuity. Um, uh, I think there's a link there, just like a link tree that has uh, all, all of our stuff on the different streaming platforms for all of our music. And you can also check out lawlbc.band. 
that's going to have links to our merchandise and everything that's up coming from the band. Uh, we got a new album coming out later this year. It's called Lawful Evil. Do not miss it. It is the next logical progression of rock music. You do not want to miss out on being a part of history. <laughs> we are looking I, I forward to that. that. You know, Kelly, I don't think, I don't think Jake's, I got to get Jake in on, on the question. Um, I do. Yeah, you should. Yeah. How can I not? Jake, every time we have a guest on, I ask them if you came across somebody and they said, uh, Oh, sublime. I'm, I'm not familiar with the band at all. And you had to play one song to catch them. One song that kind of, uh, explain to them who sublime is. What song would you play for them? Oh, that's a tough one, huh? Man, yeah, there's, there's no there's no wrong answer by the way because they're they're all great but there's you know yeah. to everybody they have a song that means something to them or something that they that they would pick and play and so i'm interested in what yours would be um amber is the color of your energy i'm totally kidding I usually, totally say, I usually say, what's my age again? Just so you know, that's my answer. On, literally on Facebook today, it popped up, but I, I put it, what's my age again? So. And Brad is rolling in his grave. Oh, I'm just kidding. Oh, I had to do it. I had to do it. You know, you know, when, you know, when Todd, when Todd was on the show, Jake, I, uh, I, I asked him if it was okay for me to be a 311 fan now because he so famously said that 311 was not key. So, um, for all these years, I've had all this animosity to 311 and I didn't even know why. And, uh, and I, we had Todd on and he cleared it up. He said, I'm allowed to like 311 again. So I'm, I'm back. So that was, that's good. That was awesome. Reinstated. Yeah. No, this is a total aside, but, uh, I remember I went to the, what is it? That festival here. Is it Cali Roof? No, the, one love. the bigger one. One love, oh, yeah. In Long Beach, yeah. No, not the Long Beach. The Cali Roots oh. is the one up in North Yeah, in Monterey. Yeah, Monterey. Cali Roots. I was there uh, with uh, the, the Skunk Package, the Skunk Collective one year, and uh, they probably wouldn't want me to tell the story, but I don't really care. And uh, <laughs> yes, drop they it. Told me, they told me they had like this tradition, of, or at least I perceived it to be a tradition, of before their set, they went to go watch 311's set and get drunk and like point and laugh and stuff. <laughs> it was just the greatest thing, man. <laughs> oh, God. They were like, ah, look at them with their button-up awesome. shirts. They look like a, a freaking Hollywood director came up with an idea for a band. <laughs> oh, gosh. They're, They're from Nebraska. <laughs> it's so great. But uh, all love here, man. It's all in good fun, I'm, I'm sure. And uh, and I, I, I think that if I had to introduce someone to Sublime um, and kind of give a, a good vibe of them, I, I think of uh, uh, doing time is, is, I mean, that's a huge hit, obviously, but mm. that's a pretty good, like, it's got the hook. It's got the hip hop influences. It's got the beautiful vocals. Um, uh, and yeah, I think that's, that, that'd probably be my pick, even though it might be a, a basic B pick. <laughs> well, you actually, know, Miguel picked doing time, but it had to be the Leary version specifically. So, right. Um, yeah. So no, that's, that, that's an awesome pick. The best one. I would pick the Leary version too, though, for sure. Um, you know, something that a lot of people probably don't know about you, Jake, is that you uh, go to Cal State Long Beach and you're working on a creative writing degree. Is that something that you think really helps with your songwriting? Oh, yes, so much. So invaluable. I, I think I meet so many musicians man, who, who cannot stand the workshop process. That's the biggest problem. And that's been a big problem with me and other musicians in the past who I've chosen to not work with any longer because of some people um, are just better as solo artists 
They mm. cannot have a workshop process because that's going to mess up their plan. They're going <laughs> to, they have their baby and you're just going to mess it up and make it into something, some monster. And you, you can't have that. You know, when I come with an idea, there is nothing that is sacrosanct. I'm just, you know, I give it to my bandmates. I trust them. I'm like, mess with it. Let's see what we can do. And yeah. when I'm in class, uh, now that I'm in the upper division of creative writing, uh, not only just, uh, uh, reading more obviously helps, you know, gather more words, gather more ideas, but it's really, uh, being in class there with other writers and workshopping each other's work and figuring yeah. out what works, what doesn't work and why. And that has been uh, life changing in my songwriting. Well, you've been really gifted with, with creative writing ever since you were a kid. And that was really something that you, you know, have, have blossomed into and grown into. So just from a personal note, I really hope that's something you continue to pursue as well, because I do enjoy your writing. Well, thank you so much. I, I, I do as well. And I'm definitely going to continue pursuing it. So I, I appreciate it. And tell us, uh, you have two ferrets now or three? <laughs> I have two. I have uh, my male. Uh, his name is Young Gravy. And then I have uh, my female. Her name is Basil. That's right. And now you have a new addition. What's your latest addition? Newest addition to this branch of the Noel uh, family mm-hmm. is uh, I, I have um, uh, a hairless cat we acquired <laughs> yesterday. A sphinx kitten. And uh, his name is Creature. Uh, <laughs> Naturally. Yeah, if you look, he's my little my little experiment. <laughs> That's awesome. And another yeah. soon-to-be addition to the Knoll family, of course, is your beautiful fiance Ashlyn. I know you mentioned her earlier, but we would be remiss if we didn't give her her own moment. She's fabulous, and I'm so glad you guys have found each other. She, she definitely would want to mention it. You hear that, honey? Sure, sure part. <laughs> she's on the couch right here. <laughs> and, uh, she's great. Yeah, she's back. My beautiful fiance, Ashlyn Nicholson. Uh, we've been together for years now. We've been engaged for almost two now. Is it almost two now, honey? Or is it almost one? Mm. No, well, no, don't ask. Don't ask. One. Abort. Abort. <laughs> don't ask. I know, right? She's like, you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she, uh, we were supposed to get married last year, but obviously the virus hit. And then uh, the tentative plan is this year we're going to have the ceremony, but we'll see. We want it to be completely safe, so we might push it back a little further. Sure. Well, married or not, you guys are perfect for each other and I'm so happy to have her in the family. Thank you, Auntie. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I know you're going off to get your fourth birthday chip tonight. And again, I'm so proud of you. I think you're an amazing young man. And um, thank you for being with us on this special episode. Very blessed to be here. Very lucky and blessed to be part of this awesome family. And uh, yeah, wouldn't change a thing. Thank you guys for having me on the show. Thanks, Jake. Well, Kelly, that was an amazing conversation with Jacob. I know he is super busy, and it was really cool to have him stop in and have a little chat with us and help us promote some of the stuff that we wanted to talk about on the show today. That was fun. I adore him. I tried really hard not to interview him like his auntie, but it was hard not to just tell him how fabulous I think he is because he really is. He's a great guy. We could all hear and feel you pinch his cheeks through the phone. It was, it was really a, it was a cute moment. No, but he's, uh, he's awesome. And again, guys, if you aren't familiar, uh, you have to check out law. Um, the yeah. easiest way to find them is law LBC, uh, YouTube or their website, Spotify. 
uh, it's really a, an awesome sound and, uh, and something that is, is really just a, a cool project and coming from Brad's son, uh, it's something that makes it a little extra special. Yeah. And it's their own sound. And that's what makes me so happy. They have really developed their own unique sound and it is fresh and it is theirs. And I, I love that for them. It's they're very talented musicians all in their own right, but really, really powerful together. And the reason why we're doing this special episode is because you guys have some huge announcements coming from the Noel Family Foundation. And we were talking about what was the best way to let everyone know. And we thought, hey, let's give them a, a special bonus episode of Bradley's House. And for everybody who's been missing music, and I think that's all of us. Mm-hmm. If you've been, if you've been missing music, the Noel Family Foundation has a way to uh, quench that thirst a little bit coming up on Saturday the 20th, right, Kelly? We do, yes. For those who have been paying attention, the uh, the House That Bradley Built compilation album that came out last month in January had over 50 artists that are all just phenomenal and talented artists who gave of their time and of their talent to pay tribute to Brad and to Sublime. And so we've asked some of those artists to do a live stream this Saturday which will be February 20th at 1 o'clock Pacific, 4 o'clock Eastern Time. It'll be streaming on Law Records uh, YouTube and also on Root Fires YouTube. And I just want to say a big thank you, as always, to Paul Milbury and Yasad Williams at Law Records for putting all of this together, for Reed Foster at Root Fire for taking care of all the technical getting it out there stuff because, you know, we could – make a live stream all day long, but if we can't get it out to people, <laughs> you're never going to hear it. And Reed is the amazing master behind all of that. A big thank you to Dane Hodgson, who's our videographer extraordinaire, who's working so hard on putting this all together. And the incredible artist, Justin Oltisvik, who did the artwork for the house that Bradley built and has done a phenomenal uh, show poster for us for this. So we're super excited about it. And then of course, none of it would be possible without all these incredible artists and their management who really pulled together to make this happen. And we kind of came up with the idea last minute, threw it all together, and they've all been so phenomenal at, at hustling and getting it done. And it's, again, it's just like the album. It's just a testament to their, their love and their generosity and their willingness to pay tribute to Brad and Sublime. And we're so grateful. And then on, Monday, February 22nd, that's Brad's actual birthday, his 53rd, I just like to throw that out there, I always like to remind him how old he would have been, his 53rd birthday, (laughs) and we're going to be having a special day of giving with a bunch of exciting things happening, we'll have some um, auction stuff on eBay and some merch bundles available to buy, and all of this has been put together by our good friend Tony Bailey, who does so much behind the scenes for the foundation, it would take me an hour to to recount all the things that he has done and continues to do. But Tony's a great friend of the foundation and he's been working tirelessly to pull all kinds of things together to make the day of giving special. So definitely tune in to our social media, which is uh, Noel foundation on Facebook, Noel family on Instagram and Twitter. And of course our website, the Noel family foundation.org will have information on all of those. Yeah, guys, if you're listening to the podcast and you're digging the interviews and some of the stories and the inspiration that gets shared here, keep in mind that we're doing this because we're trying to spread information about the Noel Family Foundation and raising money to get Bradley's house built. So uh, there's a ton of ways that you guys can help. And, uh, you know, the way that I look at it is this is your opportunity to be 
a piece, the next piece of the sublime story in helping Bradley's house get built. And you can help out by making donations directly on the website, making donations through Facebook. Um, the Noel Family Foundation has a cash app and a Venmo. Um, if you're listening to the podcast and you're enjoying it and you can shoot over a dollar or two, uh, it goes a long way. Um, there's some awesome merch available at the org hoodies and t-shirts and hats. Uh, and of course at law records, uh, on their website, you can pick up the compilation album, but that's really what we're here to do guys. We're here to try to get this house built so we can help others. And, uh, and that's really our whole goal here. So if there's a way that you can help out, you can share it. You can visit the Bradley's house page. Um, like Kelly mentioned, all the other forms of social media to find out, um, the bands that are playing. It's a, an amazing list. The posters up, you guys can check that out and you guys can figure out how you can help out and, uh, and be a piece of, the the next chapter of Bradley Noel and Sublime. Absolutely. Well said. Our cash app is Noel Family. Our Venmo is Noel Foundation. And people can also donate directly through PayPal to info at the org. Lots of ways to make that happen. But we certainly do appreciate everybody who has donated already and all the amazing support. We do have a ways to go. So hopefully this day of giving and celebration of Brad's birthday on Monday will be another big push. And um, as always, thank you all for being so supportive of everything and for being willing to share of your time and your talent and your resources and all those things to help get Bradley's house built because we really are doing this all together and we couldn't do it alone. So thank you, everybody. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And again, Brad's 53rd birthday coming up on the 22nd. Now, I'd be crazy if I didn't mention our wonderful and lovely producer, Anna. Her mom just had a birthday this week. So uh, happy belated birthday to Cease. little shout out happy to her. belated birthday, Anna's mom. And also, my dad's birthday is coming up on Sunday as well. So... He got Brad as his uh, belated birthday gift. That's crazy. My dad's birthday is February 21st. No. Our My dads dad- have the same birthday and we didn't even know? Our dads have the same birthday, February 21st. So happy birthday to both of our dads as well right? on February a- the, the 21st. That's great crazy. Great day for dads to be born. Another good friend of mine, Luve, his father was born on the 21st as well. Wow. That's, uh, that's crazy. Dads. So, yeah. Really, really neat. So a couple, couple birthday shout outs there, but, um, guys, make sure you're visiting the social media and let's make a big push on the 22nd on this day of giving, uh, get out there, buy a t-shirt, buy some of these merch bundles. I know that there's, uh, I think Tony's got some pins that you guys have set to maybe drop. Uh, so many um, amazing things. Just a lot of really neat things going on. And this is just an opportunity to really show the support. Uh, so many of us spend so much time talking about how much the music and Brad and everything is meant to us. Here's an opportunity for us to get up and, uh, and all come together. And I know again, it's, it's been going on for years and I know how, uh, how humbled the family is, but it, it's really, uh, it's special for us as fans to be able to share in it as well. So, um, guys, check out all of the, uh, social media pages, the Noel Family Foundation, the Bradley's House page. Find out how you can get included. I don't want to see the posts saying, Oh my gosh, I missed it. And I didn't, wasn't able to get this. I couldn't partake in that. I didn't see the concert. We're telling you about it now. Don't miss it. Get involved. 
Well, I think we uh, we had an awesome special bonus episode here, Kelly. I think everybody's really going to enjoy this one. And uh, I'm really looking forward to all the interaction with everybody for the big day of giving on the 22nd, the live stream on the 20th. Uh, you awesome. excited for the show? It's going to be fun. Yes, it certainly is. Guys, until next time, I'm Jared Orr. She is Kelly Noel. You guys don't have to go home, but it's time to leave Bradley's house. Hello, my name is Tyson with the Null Family Foundation, and I wanted to provide some resources to any men and women that need help and are struggling with drug and alcohol abuse. The first one I want to give is the SAMHSA.gov website, and that is the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration website. And their 1-800 number is 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. And you can always personally reach out to myself. My name is Tyson Sullivan, and you can email me at info at the org. I have a lot of resources throughout the whole country, and I can help you get connected for yourself or a loved one that's struggling.